Andrew Peak is a 25-year-old defenseman who some Blue Jackets fans are willing to blame the entire last two seasons of terrible hockey for. It's his season review today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Hayden Hileshorn. With me is my co-host, Jay Foster. We're here to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of your favorite team and ours, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get going here, I want to thank you all for making this your first listen every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and even the SiriusXM app. It's uh, season review time. We've done all the forwards in the organization. I had a very enjoyable time doing that. Now we're looking at the defensemen in the organization. And I think, Jay, you and I both know that the the defenseman, the defense is not going to be as fun to review. Probably some low scores here, but that's okay. Uh, certainly one stuck out to us. Certainly one's stuck out for bad reasons. One stuck, some stuck out for good reasons. But today it's Andrew Peak time. And it seems like, Jay, this past September when the Blue Jackets signed him to a three-year deal worth $8.5 million, it was like, whoa, okay, Blue Jackets really believe in this guy. because, And, you know, they did the same thing with Good Branson, too. They threw a ton of money at him. And, you know, it's kind of like, why are we giving all this money to these defensemen? And that was back in the offseason, back in September. We didn't know what this version of the Blue Jackets team was going to be. But then when you look at the production out of Andrew Peak, and it's it's not good. I mean, minus 41 on the year. Uh, he had less than 20 points. He, it was not a good season for him. He had 20-something penalty minutes. Um, that was actually in, not terrible. That could have been a lot worse. But I said at the top here that a lot of people, when they want to blame the defense, they just throw Andrew Peak in there immediately. I don't think that's totally fair because he is – just 25. Uh, he has had a, he is getting NH, more NHL experience year by year, but I personally think from the last two years where he got tons of time, he regressed from year one of Brad Larson to year two of Brad Larson. I think he took a step back. Do you feel that same way? Just right off the bat. Yeah, hundred percent. The thing about Andrew Peak is hindsight's 2020, right? It's easy for us to sit here now and look at the defense, the defense for the Blue Jackets and go, well, why are we giving the combination of Erica Branson and Andrew Peake, what, six and a half, almost seven million dollars between the two of them? Um, that's a lot of money. And if the Blue Jackets had known what they knew now, which is that obviously David Severson has come on board, um, he's making a a chunk of change. Uh, what is it? 6.25. Ivan Provrov is making almost 5 million. Um, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money held up in the defense. Currently, there's $21 million uh, in the defense, plus Zach Wierenski and Jake Bean's cap hit, which is another almost 3 million, uh, another almost 12 million on top of that. So $33 million of the, what's the cap hit? 80. Three million, yeah, some yeah, just over eighty. A lot of money tied up in the defense, and I think if the Blue Jackets had known 
that they were going to have to revamp the decor kind of on the fly like this. I don't know that Andrew P gets that money. No, I mean, but that's the thing is the Jackets are stuck with him for another two years unless he, he somehow becomes tradable, which people do love to you know, go to the Jackets for trades yeah, late in the year. I mean, it just crazy. happened this past year with Vladislav Gavrikov. He had a terrible season as well, not to spoil what this episode's going to be. Just tradable because he's got two years left on it. Um, so anybody that would want a kind of young defenseman who has 195 games of NHL experience, absolutely have at it. Uh, he's done some things well. I think he actually has a lot of speed. I think he... I, th- I think that's pretty much it, though, for him. Like, I think, like, this past year, there was, I think he can be physical at times. Definitely he can be physical at times. That's kind of how he earned that contract, I'd say, because the year before that, it felt like Andrew Peak was all over the ice making plays. Like, man, this guy, Peeker, like, uh, we really like this guy. And then last year, he gets tons and tons of time, especially a lot of time on the penalty kill with Zacharensky going down. And it was just not, it was not good stuff. And I was watching a little bit of that, just that terrible Tage Thompson four goal night that the Sabres had against the Jackets. I pained, my, I pained myself to watch that. And it, like, it's not like every goal peak was on the ice, but uh, this seemed like there were a lot of goals in that game where could have used a little bit more coverage, especially on the penalty kill out of him. And I don't know what it's going to take to to pull that out of him. But he had 80 games this past year. He had 80 chances to really show us something and give us hope. And only 13 points in production on offense and minus 41 is is not good. And yeah, it's just it's it's disappointing because this is a Big Ten hockey player. The guy, you know, played at Notre Dame and I love my college hockey players just as much as the next guy. But He's he could be falling by the wayside here, um, which isn't good because the Blue Jackets got a lot of money in him. Do you see him making uh, the third D pair? That's a that's a tough question. In my mind, he is the fourth option to play on the. So okay, and we talked about this a couple episodes ago, maybe. It's kind of tough to say how the decor is going to shake out, but in my mind, it should shake out something like this. You've got your top four of Wierenski, Juracek, Severson, Provorov in whatever combination you want. Um, and then you've got Eric Branson on that third pairing because you're not going to put $4 million in the press box. You just aren't. So you've got one open spot. In my mind, Andrew Peake should be at the back of the line for that spot. Um, I think he should... I think he is... Probably the fourth worst option out of kind of the... So we've got Adeboquist, Jake Bean, Nick Blankenberg, who in my mind, all three of those guys are ahead of Andrew Peake on the depth chart. Um, That being said, I don't know that any of those three guys have a third pairing kind of game. I think all three of those guys are potential top four guys. I don't think they'll... I think they'll struggle playing limited minutes on the third pairing, playing a, a limited kind of style of hockey... I think Andrew Peake is the most likely player to slot in there. I don't know that he's the best one. And this is, of course, assuming that all four of those guys are on their opening ro- opening night roster because, like, Nick Blankenberg is probably going to get sent down to Cleveland, which, fine, whatever. I don't, I don't love it. Cleveland Monsters fans are going to love it. Um, 
I will be shocked if there are more than two of Peak, Bean, and Boquist on the roster. I expect at least one of those guys, maybe two of them, to get moved. Um, and I think Andrew Peak is probably one of the more tradable contracts. It's, it's more than I would like, but it's not a bajillion dollars. He's a right-handed defenseman, which people love a right-handed defenseman um, because there's just not that many of them. And he's big and he plays big and GMs love that. Coaches love that. Um, he just, he feels kind of obsolete for this team right now. I think he would be a very good seventh defenseman. Um, you know, he's, he's young enough that he can kind of jump in whenever um, I've mentioned before, I think Scott Harrington, who was a perfect seventh defenseman. He was young. He was, not good enough to be a full-time NHL player. I think Peak is better than Harrington, but I think he can kind of fit that role just as well as Scott Harrington did. Of Hey, there's an injury, someone's ill, there's a suspension, whatever reason, someone's not playing their best game, they want to sit them to take it for a game, Andrew Peak jumps in. Like, that's my ideal situation for Andrew Peak next season is that seventh defenseman role. But do you still, do you want $3 million worth of defensemen sitting in the press box every night is the question. Yeah, I, I don't know if you do. And I actually want to make a correction here of a mistake that I've already made. I will do that shortly after the commercial break here. First, I want to tell you guys about our friends at FanDuel. This is a fantastic place if you are looking to get into Major League Baseball betting. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 that you can spend betting everything involving a baseball game from the money line to over-under on who you think is going on the over-under on the game or who you think is going to hit the first home run, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly like that. It's amazing. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. You get that $200 bonus. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official betting partner of Major League Baseball. All right, I want to make a correction on this Andrew Peak thing because he signed a three-year contract in September, but that contract kicks in this year. So he's got three years starting this year with Columbus, which like, it just seems crazy to me that he's going to be getting paid that much, and he had the season that he had last year. It was very disappointing, man. It was very disappointing. He's got three years left on his deal, so he's he's got time, I guess, to figure it out, but with the moves that Yarmo has made this offseason, it does not seem like he is comfortable with Andrew Peak being anywhere near the top two D pair, and he's going to have to scrap to get his playing time this year. Again, we, we know at some point in this season, it feels like Zach Rensky is probably going to be out for like 40 games, and maybe he gets his chance. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope actually we can get Zach to play an 80-game season just like Provorov and Severson have done, and Peak did last year. Peak played 80 games. So he is, he is reliable in that fashion, but man, it, it does feel like there's some areas in his game that he needs to clean up. For me personally, it's the penalty kill. I think I need to see a little bit more better footwork on the penalty kill. Just needs I need him to cover a little bit more ice because you're down a man. I think it's it's 
should go without saying, you need to do a better job covering more ice. So that's that's where I'm at with Andrew Peak on what he needs to improve on. I know that's a little bit early on a give him a homework situation, but with with you know training camp coming up here, he's gonna have to win the favor of Mike Babcock somehow over a guy like you know like you've mentioned like Jake Bean, Adam Boquist, Nick Blankenberg, all guys who have tremendous tremendous upside on their offensive game which i don't think andrew peak has tremendous upside on his offensive game so we're gonna give him homework don't worry but like what what where are you going for your homework with him do you think already like where where, where do you think he needs to dial in the most and and focus on his game hmm. honestly uh, yeah i think for me it, it's a similar issue or not issue but Andrew Peake, I feel like, is a defensive defenseman that would like to be an offensive defenseman. Um, and what happens when you try and do that is you fail to do your own defensive coverage and you usually don't end up providing that offense. Um, Andrew Peake had 17 points this season, I believe. I just looked it up and then immediately forgot it. I think it was um, 13, actually. I, j- I also just 13, looked it up. Yes. I think it was only 13 Six. points Six goals in 80 and games. And like that, that's fine. If if you are a defenseman that doesn't score, that's fine. I'm that not fine. asking everyone to go out and do what Eric Carlson did this season. Um, but if you're gonna be a defensive defenseman like Pete is, you have to be better defensively. Um, his possession numbers this season were brutal. His Corsi four percentage thirty eight point two three. That's just not good enough. There were. Over a thousand shots against when he was on the ice in all in all situations. Like, and that gets a little better when you look at um five v five, but not much. Um, I'm using naturalstatric.com, by the way, for these, uh, which is a fantastic uh a fantastic resource. Uh, so he was 43.6 Corsi 4 percentage in um 5v5 play and uh 768 shots against versus 601 shots for at 5v5. So, like, his 5v5 numbers need to be better. But, yeah, the penalty kill needs to be better. I just... I like Andrew Peak a lot, and when he's on his game, he's good. He's really good. You know, again, yeah. I, I think we saw a completely different player this season that we saw last season. I think partially that, again, is... I'm gonna I'm gonna go and say it. He was playing too much for the role that he plays. Um... Would you like to guess, Hayden, uh, this is for all strengths, How, like where he stands in terms of defense? And, and do you think he was the, the defenseman that played the most ice time, the second most ice time, the third most ice time? Where do you think he falls in the, the defenseman that played this season? Based off the, the money that, that the Blue Jackets signed him to and the injuries that they had and the fact that he played 80 games, I'm going to say he's safely in the top two. I'm going to say he's number one in minutes you played. Are correct. He played yeah. more than any other player this season by a significant amount. Um, he played 16, uh, 1,699 minutes. In second place for defenseman was Eric Gabrantz, and he played 1,490 minutes. Who was his D partner a lot of times. And- uh, I don't know. That it will give me that on natural stat trick because it only does forward lines. Um, but I would guess he played a ton of time with 
Gabranson, and I would guess he played a ton of time with uh, Vladislav Gavrikov. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because those were kind of the top three defensemen, so I would guess they rotated through them. Hey, he played some time with Nick Blankenberg, I think. Um, who's my option, by the way? That's my pick for that third uh, that third pairing spot with uh, Gabranson, I think. Uh, Gabranson has the size. Uh, Blankenberg has the everything else uh, and plays like he's six foot six. Um, we'll get into Nick Blankenberg a little bit more when we do his actual um, season review. But Andrew Peak to me, and this is not a knock on him, I feel like everything he does, the Blue Jackets have a defenseman that can do that better. You know? Like, he plays a similar game to Gabranson, um, but I think Gabranson does it with more snarl. Um, he plays a similar game to a guy like Provorov, but I think Provorov does it better. Um you know, he shows these offensive flashes, but they don't need more offense from the back end necessarily, you know, now that they've got, hopefully, a healthy Wierenski and, you know, maybe a guy like Blankenberg and, you know, Provorov can be counted on to to throw a little offense in there, you know? So as much as I like Andrew Peak, he's obsolete now. And that th- th- this is not to say he's bad. Um I think Andrew Peak will thrive in a different situation. He feels like the kind of guy that's going to um, do what David Savard did a little bit. Uh, David Savard got traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning at the trade deadline and then proceeded to play extremely limited minutes with a young, offensively-minded defenseman, and he thrived in that situation. Um, Savard is now, I believe, the only adult on the Montreal Canadiens blue line, or like the only one over the age of 21. Like, that's not hyperbole. I believe he is the only adult that can legally drink on that <laughs> on that blue line. Um, but yeah, I feel like Andrew Peak would really thrive getting traded somewhere like Colorado, for example. He plays limited minutes against weaker competition, thrives, and we put up with a bunch of tweets being like, wow, I guess Andrew Peake just needed to get off, get out of Columbus to succeed. Um, that's, that's, that's what I see from, uh, from him. On my opening night roster, I'm, I probably do have him on the third D pair with good Branson. I'm probably starting him because I, I think now that you talked me through that there, I feel like he is absolutely the perfect third line defenseman. Like he, he, he can be good, when the when he's not playing all the minutes oh, in the sure. game, no, he is. He's you a know? very good third pairing defenseman. Because um, that's what we liked so him, Branson. right? And they inhabit, right. in, in my mind anyway, and maybe I'm completely wrong. They inhabit the same circles on the ice. I don't think they complement each other in the same way that like um, this is going way off off grid. But the reason the Blue Jackets had such success with Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski as that top defense pairing for so long is because those guys clicked. They had mm-hmm. great chemistry. They each, each of their strengths was something that the other one was not necessarily as strong in. It was a real kind of give and take relationship. Andrew Peake's strengths are all the same as Erica Branson's strengths. And I feel like you need someone on that line that's not the same player as Eric Branson. Because here's the thing, Eric Branson is getting that roster spot over any of the other guys that we've mentioned. He just is. Andrew Peake should not. Andrew Peake probably will be there. Um, but my guess is that they, as a defense pairing, if they stay together for very long, um, they're going to get caved in by any average or better team 
next season. Yeah, it's and I don't want to see any more of that. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like he, you know, had much. He had what fifteen points in eighty-two games. That was the year before. That was the year that kind of really where he earned this contract. They said you did this for us last year. September came around before the season, and they said we're going to sign you to a three-year deal. And I feel like if we can tap in back to that Andrew Peak, and I know I just said the points numbers were the same, but he, I assume he played a lot less minutes in that year prior because I'm, I'm, the Jackets were healthier. But you're right. Like Blankenberg's still a guy that I really, really like, and I still think has a lot to offer at the NHL level. Some people don't. I think that's unfair that they feel that way about Blankenberg. Uh, I think he can absolutely be a stay in the NHL, but that's a different story for a different time. If the Blue Jackets are going to keep Andrew Peak, if they have any idea of keeping Andrew Peak, they need to wheel him out there on the third line with Goodbranson. And and if, if it doesn't work out, and it, if it goes exactly like the way that you just said, where they're not complimenting each other, then yeah, you got to rip them apart and you got to do something. But maybe... I wanna, after- sorry, I just want to, before... Please. Um, I think we're going to go to break in a second. Um, yes. Andrew Peak actually played more last season. Um. He you played two seasons uh, ago. in all situations. Uh, this season, sixteen ninety nine. Last season, seventeen fifty nine. Wow. Um, he was better. Uh, he was the second. Uh, he was second in the team on ice time. Uh, Gavrikov was first, and then Wierenski came immediately after him. So, wow. Just uh, just before anyone comes for us about Andrew Peak get playing less, but I. His stats are not as good, and maybe this is a failure of me for like, and we can um, we'll go into a break in in a second. Yes. But I just to finish my thought. Like maybe this is a, a failure on my part for play, for paying attention to the eye test over advanced stats. Um, I personally think that there's a happy medium in there. It's not all one thing or the other. He looked better last season, and I don't know if that's because he was playing with better players that made him look better. I don't know if that's kind of um. What's the opposite of recency bias? Distance bias, I guess, of knowing that he was playing, he was probably outplaying his last contract. And now he yeah. feels like he's underplaying. I don't know what what he was making um, last season. Neither do I. And while you, while you look that up, we're going to cook up our letter grades for him and we'll mm-hmm. have those for you in just a second. All right, time to throw a letter grade for our guy, Andrew Peake, who Jay just pointed out the last two years played tons of time, produced very little, and okay, so got himself... Making, sorry, he was making 1.5 last season. That feels way more in line. I think that's why yes. I have such kind of quote-unquote fond memories of last seasons because he is definitely... I think he was better than a $1.5 million player. Not last season, but the season before. I think this season he probably was about that. Um I don't think he's an almost. He, that's an almost double. He got an almost tw- like hundred percent raise. Yeah, that's that's too much money for Andrew Peak. I'm sorry, it just is. It's too much money for Andrew Peak if he's gonna if we're gonna get this version of Andrew Peak. Um, I'm hoping after playing 80 games this past season, he will take that experience, use what he learned from that season work on his game in the offseason and come out stronger. But if I'm given a grade for what he did this past year with the Blue Jackets, it's it's a 
it's a D minus. It's it's just not good, man. It it was not a good year for Andrew Peak, and he had six goals. That's cool, but and that, like he can be a stay at home defenseman. Like it's not all in the points numbers, but our goalies were just left out to dry far too often last year. Andrew Peak, it felt like there were plenty of times, and I hate asking players to do this because it's dangerous as all get out, but jump in front of a few more pucks, you know? Like, I play beer league with this guy who's a psychopath and jumps in front of all these pucks in a beer league game. I'm like, you know, if my buddy Bill can dive in front of pucks left and right in a beer league game, why can't Andrew Peak do that in an NHL game? And I think with this new contract kicking in, Maybe that'll awaken something in him to be like, hey, I need to get going on my career here. I'm 25. I, I have an opportunity to stay with this club now. And I don't know. I, I, I feel like at me as a player, I'd want to take advantage of that. But we'll see. We'll see what he does. And um, Jay, your thoughts on this past season? Great. Um, I will say just before. Sorry, to, I, my role this episode is to just correct Hayden on things. That's cool. <laughs> That's I need it. He did block almost two hundred shots. Okay. He blocked one hundred ninety-seven shots. I'm trying to fi- figure out where that lives in terms of um, like it's on the damn team. good. That's um, pretty good. Which feels it just, yeah. I feel like I feel he could have had more about that. I don't know that he led the team, but. He he blocked a blocked a ton of shots. So I think I need more blocked shots. I need more. More blocked shots. Yes. Um, Yes. I need more. I mean, if you you, if you're going to compare him over the past two years, uh, he has ranked fourth in the league in blocked shots. Yes, and this was as of March this year. Um, First on the Blue Jackets (laughs) in blocked shots, eighth in the NHL as of March of this season. So I don't know that we can realistically ask him to block more shots. But wow, I, I feel think... so stupid. <laughs> okay, okay, let's let let's let's mix that up a little bit. Let's let's rephrase that. Um better defensive positioning. Yes. I don't necessarily think he needs to block more shots, but I would love to see him. I feel like every time a goal was scored when he was on the ice, I would go back and I'd watch the replay and he would be like off somewhere else, like He'd, he'd either missed his man or blown his coverage or something like that. Um, so I think that's that's my homework for him is um, defensive positioning. Um, also, do you great form? want to be defensive or, off- or offensively minded because like I don't think you can do both, my guy. Um, I'm going to be more generous than Hayden, um, which I know will be a shock to the people out there that think I am super negative and Hayden is super positive all the time. Uh, I'm giving him a C. Um, because again, I feel like I've been grading these on a curve, um, and I feel like I should continue that. And Andrew Peak played above his station for a long time this season. I think he should be given credit for doing the best he can when he is like he finished the season. Like after Gabrikov was traded, the top pairing was like Andrew Peak and Marcus Bjork for like a long time or Andrew Peake and Eric Branson, you know? So, like, he was really just doing his best to keep his head above water. And so I'm going to give him a C. Um, but, yeah, I definitely need to see improvement from Andrew Peake. Um, and if he is traded before opening night, I'm not going to be super upset about that. I'm not going to be upset if he's on the roster opening night. I don't think it's the best option that we have. Um, but I'm not going to be, like, heartbroken. If, if he goes somewhere else in the same way that like um, whoever I was talking about, Oh, Jack Rostovic, um, 
I'm not going to be heartbroken if he goes somewhere else. I'm not going to be heartbroken if he stays, you know? Yeah. I want to first of all say thank you, Jay, for correcting me on his block shots. Um, I did not know that. I guess what I would ask of Andrew Peak is you're absolutely right. There were so many goals that the Jackets gave up last year where I'm like, I feel like Andrew could have done a little bit more there. You know, I, I want him to be more disruptive in the D zone, which is asking a lot because if I ask you to be disruptive, then they could sneak in a pass behind you and then boom, where's the defenseman? Oh, he's way out of position. But I feel like we need to tap into that Andrew Peak that when the Blue Jackets first got him, there was this, you know, the second round draft pick um, that came in and just was just putting bodies on the boards. Like that was that's the Andrew Peak that I love. The Andrew Peak that got in fights. He's had a couple scraps in his career. That's the kind of stuff I need. Um, I don't know if that will work with Good Branson because they're both scrappers. I I think maybe it can, but you're right. They 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 don't complement each other in in that way because they have similar strengths and then they have the same weaknesses essentially, but I want Andrew Peak to work out in Columbus and yeah, keep blocking shots, dude. Keep that. Keep if you keep blocking shots, then uh, then I will then you'll put a smile on my face. But my homework for him is to just commit to being more disruptive in the D zone. Commit to being focusing on defense because. Hey, if you become the next Seth Jones, then you're still going to get a bunch of assist points because you're going to be hitting Johnny Gaudreau on those deep stretch passes. So it's like you can still be an offensive defenseman by just focusing on defense, if that makes sense. That's my crappy beer league hockey opinion. But um, you got any more thoughts on our guy, Andrew Peak? Uh, I don't think so. Like, and here's the thing: I, I feel like we've been super negative. Um, most of these defenseman reviews are probably going to lie on the side of being critical, but I feel like the defense as a whole was so bad, and that's not based on all of the defensemen are bad. I think it was poor defensive systems. I think it was, again, something we've talked about a little bit um, and probably we will talk about many more times. Is it a case of the defense being bad, leading to the goalies being left out to dry, or is it the goalies being less than good? that led to the defense looking terrible. You know, like um, no one remembers the blown, like the the missed coverage at the blue line if the goalie makes the save, you know? So I think probably Andrew Peek will have a better season this year. Um, I think Mike Babcock's system will probably lean towards having slightly more solid, solid, solidness. That's not a word. Solidity. That's also not a word. You, you know what I mean? It will yeah. be more solid on the, on the back end than uh, Brad Larson's would have been. Um, I would I'm love very back season. I'm, yeah. re- I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for all the defensemen. You know, I'm not. I'm not out here rooting for them all to fail and like cackling in my in my apartment when when the Blue Jackets lose a game. Like I would love Andrew Peak to be better. Um, I just don't know if he'll be good enough to earn that that spot. There's a lot of competition for that one spot. There's a lot of competition. There is. And we have more player reviews to do. We will do former Blue Jacket, current Los Angeles King, Vladislav Gavrikov tomorrow. We'll do his season review. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you for making this your first listen every day. Locked on Blue Jackets, again, is free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and the SiriusXM app. I've been Hayden Heilshorn. You can find me on Twitter at HaydenH971. You can find Jay on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster. Jacob with a K. 
an R after the O. And Foster, you can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Jackets. You can also email the show directly, LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.